welcome. I'm Sophia Ruan Goucher, author of the book A to Z of Detoxing, the ultimate guide to reducing our toxic exposures, and now host of A to Z of Detoxing, the podcast, where I will be sitting down with everyone from beekeepers to teachers, chefs to doctors, and all of the mothers, fathers, and children in between. Collectively, we'll learn tips and tricks for practical, non-toxic living. I look forward to sharing my humbling and never-ending discoveries with all of you. So I know that an entire podcast episode about mattresses might seem like it could be a bit of a snooze, but luckily we have the perfect guest to sit down with and make this subject come alive. Kristen Rinala is a mother of three who started an organic mattress company out of pure necessity. When she realized how toxic conventional mattresses were and how difficult it was to navigate the sea of alternative options. If you're considering the way toxins enter your body through food and other sources, you should give some attention to what you're sleeping on, as we tend to spend about a third of our lives sleeping, and especially if you have children because toxic fumes from mattresses can disrupt their biology in disturbing ways. Not only did this conversation on mattresses turn out to be fascinating, but I even got some great tips on what to feed my kids for breakfast from this health-conscious mother of three. Have a listen. Okay, so Kristen Rinala of Organique in Newport Beach, California. I am so excited to talk to you about organic mattresses and mattresses in general. Um, why don't can you start by just telling me more about you and your background? Sure, I'd love to. Well, I've always been a health and fitness fanatic. In college, I started out intending to go to medical school to pursue that passion. Uh, but ended up working in finance at Goldman Sachs for many years and then getting an MBA. So health and wellness really became more of a personal obsession than a career, kind of seeking out the healthiest foods and products for myself and my family, especially after having children. And really, the more research I did, the more I realized that so many of the products we take for granted to be safe just are not. And not only are they not safe, they're really downright toxic and dangerous. Um, and unfortunately, much of it's not regulated or enforced by anyone. And I kind of always took for granted that products out there for sale in the U.S. must at least be not dangerous, but that's just not the case. So the more research I did on sleep and how critical it is for our health, how vulnerable our bodies are when we sleep, uh, especially for infants and children, I was inspired to create products that I was 100% sure were safe and non-toxic. I wanted to create a completely transparent, trustworthy um, mass market brand that's accessible to the market via Organique. So, you know, our mattresses and pillows are made from the purest, certified organic materials available. Uh, you get the comfort and performance of um, materials like memory foam, but without all the toxic chemicals and carcinogens. Wonderful. I'm, I'm so glad that people like you are presenting healthier options for consumers. I have a similar background and had a similar journey. So, and mattresses were a product that was very hard to understand. When did you, what, in which, like which year did you start becoming aware of toxic emissions from mattresses? 
You know, it was really when I had my first child, um, which was seven years ago. So I, you know, I was kind of aware of, um, you know, wanting everything that I surround myself with to be healthy. But when I really started digging in and doing some research before he was born, that's when I really uh, kind of realized that the place where you sleep and you think is this natural, safe place, in most cases, just isn't. So about 70 years ago, I started doing research and um, kind of always had this idea that I would like to create a brand around something that I felt this passionate about, about how, how in the did past you, years when we really launched. How did you discover that mattresses should be a concern? I, I didn't find learning more about this easy. I, mm-hmm. I stumbled across these concerns just by accident, and I had to do a lot of investigative research to, to, to understand mattresses more and understand what... It's hard to know what is, you know, mattresses can be relatively inexpensive. I think I remember seeing a mattress for like $49 and then organic mattresses can be quite expensive. And when you're talking about the life of your infant, there's, and I would have paid anything, but I didn't want to be duped. And it was hard to know what was unreasonable and what was really worth investing in and um, and so I, I have noticed that over the years in from learning more about mattresses has become much easier as other people have studied emissions and uh, written about the toxic materials in mattresses but I was just wondering when you how did you first learn about this and how did you have you found that there's it's been easier to learn more you know, I have. Um, I feel like initially it was really hard to um, kind of make sense of it all. I felt like a lot of the mattress companies claimed to be natural, claimed to be organic, claimed to be eco-friendly, or claim had all these claims, and I couldn't really place what was different between them. Right. And over time, like you said, there's just been a lot more research that's come out and a lot more um, kind of study on the toxicity so the, the information has become more readily available. And I kind of liken it to food. I always tell my kids, you know, when we're shopping for food at the grocery store, if we're going to get something in a package, the first thing we want to do is to look at a label, look at the ingredients. And so that sort of translated over to um, household products that we were purchasing. And also then, you know, when we're looking for mattresses, the same thing. You have to look at the label and see exactly what is going into the mattress that you're purchasing and only... Um, by doing that, can you really get a level of comfort? Um, Did you, you know, find, that what the claims are are really what you're getting. Right. I, I mean, that's an excellent point. It, it, that was also my experience that it there is a lot of uh, um, greenwashing, and Absolutely. a mattress may uh, may be presented as a healthy choice, but when you start asking questions, you realize it it has components or ingredients that that you would rather not have um right. i mean and there there's really no standard definition for marketing terms like healthy or pure or non-toxic or natural um and there's no regulations or verifications on the claims that these companies can make so that's why it's really important to do your homework and understand what's going into these and you know you mentioned the greenwashing um 
it can give people a false sense of security. And I think that's what a lot of companies sort of rely on. You know, people won't do the due diligence and won't um, really hold them accountable to, to their claims. I agree. And did you find that it was hard to know what conventional mattresses are made of? Do the product labels disclose what they're made of? To a limited extent. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of what you'll see is sort of words that you can't pronounce, which to me is always a little bit of a red flag. Mm -hmm. And the more I started doing research on, especially um, the flame retardant chemicals, I think I think that's where we really have to be concerned because you know these PBDEs or these flame retardant chemicals, they off gas and they have all these volatile volatile organic compounds, which then you're inhaling and breathing in and ingesting. And these are the things that cause all sorts of health problems. So it is a little bit tricky to read the labels. And that's one of the reasons why when we created our mattress, it's literally three ingredients, right? It's organic latex, organic cotton, and organic wool, nothing else. (laughs) Right. Right. Do you offer any mattresses with inner springs? You know, we do not do inner springs. Um, and why did you decide not to do that? Well, the springs actually can deteriorate, mm-hmm. and a misshapen mattress can be really uncomfortable and cause back problems. And the reality is that the inner springs just don't last as long as latex mattresses. And another fact that people may not realize is that springs really are a breeding ground for dust mites and other critters, and they can provide subtle long-term exposure to EMFs or electromagnetic fields. So really your box spring mattress can act like an antenna, which can attract and amplify whatever radiation might be zipping through your bedroom. So that's kind of why we we stick with just the pure organic latex, no box springs, no um, inner spring mattresses. Mm -hmm. Great. And I get, and I'll just provide some background information for listeners who are not as familiar with concerns regarding conventional mattresses. But if you're wondering, if you're if you're shopping for a mattress or wondering if any of the mattresses you own may pose risk, then you wanna the key concerns are vinyl, which is a type of soft plastic that is really durable and definitely waterproofs the mattress materials, um, the the insides of the mattress materials, but it, they're made of chemicals that can emit toxic fumes and can also contribute toxic chemicals into your dust. And so that's always a red flag for me. And then uh, polyurethane foam is often used inside mattresses and they're usually doused with lots of chemical flame retardants, as are the fabric coverings of these mattresses. And I, I agree that the, uh, the inner springs may contribute to electromagnetic fields that would be more stressful for your body and distract restorative sleep. So I just also try and be conserve, avoid that when I can. And, and last, I think, is if your bed your box spring has a bed frame, then wood sometimes, uh, it oftentimes, um, wood and also the other mattress materials are are sort of aggregated together with adhesives. And so those adhesives can also off-gas. So there's several sources of potential toxic fumes. 
And, and I think it's good to understand those key components so that when you're mattress shopping, you can ask about those key components. So with organic mattresses, uh, like Kristen has said, it's, it's pretty simple. You want 100% natural latex, uh, organic cotton, and organic wool. And Kristen, do you think that it's hard for consumers to assess whether latex is 100% natural? That's right. You know, there are two types of latex. There are the natural latex and then there's synthetic latex, which is made from petrochemicals. So natural latex, um, you know, comes from a rubber tree and it could have some synthetic components to it, which come from petrochemicals. So that's why we do 100% organic latex in our situation, because it just ensures that there are no um, toxins or no chemicals in the latex. And do you, and I noticed that your uh, your materials also are certified. Yes, you know, uh, cotton is is one of the most highly sprayed uh, crops. Thirty percent of all the world's pesticides are sprayed on cotton, so it's critically important that cotton be organic, and um, our wool is certified organic as well. It's what makes our mattresses fire resistant. But it's also beneficial in that it cushions the joints and the muscles. It wicks and dries moisture from the body. And really, it's a great insulator or temperature regulator. So it can keep you cool in the summer and warm in the winter. And another thing is it combats mold and mildew, and it's dust mite resistant. So the, the organic component of the wool is very important. We don't want it to be sprayed with um, anything or treated with anything. Mm-hmm. What about, is it also bed bug resistant? It is. Okay. It absolutely is. So with, um, what about people who may have allergies to wool or latex? Have you encountered any, any clients who have sensitivities or allergies and have, how have they been on these organic mattresses? You know, we have not encountered any of that. The latex is protected by the cotton casing and the wool batting, and so there's no actual contact with the latex. So we have not had any issues with anybody with latex allergies, which is wonderful. Um, and then same is with the wool. Oftentimes people are reacting to the chemicals that the wool has been treated with, and in our case the wool is 100% organic, mm -hmm. so we have not had any issues with uh, wool sensitivity or wool allergies. Okay, great. And uh, I'm, I'm so one thing I was very excited to ask you about is mm -hmm. when children have accidents on these beautiful, luxurious, pure mattresses. Right. What are your recommendations on how to clean that up? You know, we, we recommend um, a mattress cover, a wool mattress cover, just to provide an extra barrier. Because, as we all know, the accidents are going to happen, and instead of using the plastics or the vinyls, which, as you mentioned, um, are laden with chemicals, we just, we just advise using an extra layer of wool between the bed and, and your baby. Okay. With these organic mattresses, do they need to be, is there a different kind of, like, maintenance protocol for them? You know, one thing we recommend doing is just um, using sunlight and air to, 
to periodically freshen the top of your mattress casing. So you can remove the casings and put it over a railing or over a blanket and just put it out in the sun. Don't expose the latex layers, you know, just the mattress casing, but that can help freshen it out. And definitely do not dry clean um, because of the chemicals used, and then that can cause the mattress casing to shrink. But other than the natural soap and water solution, airing it out in the sun, you know, those are the, the main ways that we advise to take care of your organic mattress. Okay, great. And do you feel like more there's more awareness of what risks mattresses pose? Are you finding more and more people interested in investing in an organic mattress? You know, I think people have um, really embraced the organic way of eating, and then they've really embraced buying organic products for use in their home. And I feel like the mattress is the next step, even though it should be probably the primary um, way that we, the primary thing in our home that we're concerned about because they can be so toxic. But when I talk to people, I feel like they're just not educated. They just don't really understand the health risks associated with a mattress. You think of a mattress as being, um, you know, a safe place to sleep at night. And I think there's, there is not the awareness that there needs to be around this. And that's one thing that I'm hoping to do is to raise awareness and help people understand that if they're trying to lead a healthy life, you know, eating organic food and using organic home products, uh, they really need to also be considering the mattress that they sleep on at night. Mm -hmm. If you think about children spend a third of their life sleeping, infants maybe 18 hours a day, adults probably half their life sleeping, um, or sorry, children a half their life sleeping and adults a third of their life sleeping. I mean, that's a lot of uh, hours and time that your face is pressing in against what could be a lot of these chemicals, plastics, a lot of these toxic chemicals that, you know, off-gas um, these dangerous things and can cause really quite severe health problems. Yeah. Well, for listeners who can't, who can't buy an organic mattress right now, do you have any advice how they can reduce their exposures to their conventional mattress? I've read that certain mattress casings can help reduce the exposures, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah, you know, I feel like this is a tough question. Um, and I feel like this, like we just talked about, kind of applies not only to mattresses, but also, also a lot of areas of healthy living. You know, organic food is more expensive than conventional food, and buying non-toxic cleaning products is more expensive than conventional cleaning products. But the reality is that reducing or eliminating toxins from our lives is one of the most important things that we can do for our health. I mean, it's not the most important. But having said that, I realize it's uh, a lot more expensive to live that way. And as far as mattresses are concerned, uh, I don't know that I have a great suggestion here. Some mattresses, like memory foam, are so toxic. And I think a healthy mattress is one of the most important investments we can make. So putting an organic cover or a topper over a toxic mattress unfortunately doesn't work. A fabric cover won't block that off-gassing of those volatile organic compounds. Uh, do you use, I'm, I'm wondering if you have, what other things you do in your family's bedrooms to keep it as pure as possible. <clears throat> do you have, do you use air purifiers? We do use an air purifier. We use organic sheets. Um, you know, I like to use essential oils. And 
I try to use organic, 100% organic cotton pajamas for the children. But those are the those are the main things that we like to do. Amazing. How do you? Um, so I'm sure that you probably would try and have your children not accumulate stuffed animals. I do. <laughs> I try. Are you successful at that? Because I'm not. I mean, I'm always trying, but it seems like um, a revolving door. You know? It does, and I feel like a mean mom because they look so cute and look so cuddly. I mean, I definitely don't let them snuggle with them at night. We do have a dresser where I let them keep some of their stuffed animals to look at. But just the more I've read about the volatile organic compounds and how they're released into the air and they bind to dust, yes, that's how it's so dangerous. That's when you inhale them and, you know, really that's how those chemicals get inside your body. Yes. Um, I just think of those stuffed animals as dust attractors. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so do you, do you throw them yeah, out from, or do you just not allow them in the bedroom? Pardon me? Do you throw them out or do you just not allow them in in the children's bed for bedtime? I don't allow them in the bedroom. And, you know, we've, we've gotten rid of some of them. We have not managed to get rid of all of them, but I try not to, you know, let them get too close or for too long a period of time. And I've even washed them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that really helps, but in my mind, it, <laughs> it gets the dust out. Right. So I've done um, the same thing. And I know it's a constant struggle because I don't, I feel like I'm always trying to, you know, throw out things that make them so happy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then when I read something that's very upsetting about the dust and, and other things uh, related to the stuffed animals, I just, you know, go, I just like take a garbage bag and throw <laughs> a ton of things away, including, I mean, I'm sure, so do you have a similar experience with their plastic toys? Absolutely. I have. Yes, I've started um, not allowing plastic toys in the house. And, you know, I think it helps to just talk to kids about it and help them understand and be part of the process. Yeah. At least for me. I know when I was starting to get the kids involved in the kitchen and wanting them to eat more vegetables, you know, they say, help your kids go to the farmer's market and pick out the vegetables. That way they'll feel more part of the process and want to eat them. I kind of feel similarly with this, when they understand what you're talking about, if you take the time to educate them, um, other choices, whenever kids have other choices, I feel like they can um, make, make better decisions. So I agree. I, I agree. And I have, I've had a similar experience with my three, three girls. How old are your three children? My children are I have a seven-year-old boy, a five-year-old girl, and a two-year-old boy. Oh, okay. Do, so don't you find that you can speak to them about these concerns in a way that is not alarming and overwhelming? I find that my children, you know, when I think about how to be age appropriate, they, it just makes sense to them. I mean, it doesn't mean they automatically will say no to any plastic toys, but at least they understand why I keep trying to limit their exposures. Uh, I'm so curious if you're at a dinner party or a cocktail party and people start hearing about what you do, do, how do you feel about talking about mattresses when most people are not aware and it can be upsetting? Do you feel comfortable talking about it or do you find yourself being reserved? 
You know, I actually really enjoy it because I've found that most people welcome the information and they just didn't know the information. So I don't think they feel judged criticizing the matches that they have, but I think that they're just genuinely excited to be learning about this because a lot of people, you know, care about um, being healthy in other aspects of their life and they just assume that they're being healthy in this aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. So it's been fun and we've gotten um, just a lot of interesting reactions and people start researching it and then they say they can't sleep at night because yeah. they're realizing what they're breathing. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be too alarmist, but uh, people really get into learning about it and um, understanding it better. Yeah. I find with mattresses, once you start explaining some of the concerns and the and some of the materials, and it just seems to make sense when, mm-hmm. even if, if, if it's new information for someone. But you're right. If someone starts researching online, they will find material to back it up. Um, so I guess my last question is, uh, not related to mattresses, but as a health conscious mother of three, what do you feed your three kids for breakfast? <laughs> that is a tricky question. It's like, so hard. Are so picky and they go through phases. I mean, I went through, I was trying to feed them eggs. I think eggs are one of the best things to feed for breakfast. And so I was trying all sorts of ways to make eggs, hard-boiled eggs, scrambled eggs, you know, eggs with this, and they were loving them for a while. And then one day, all yeah. three decided we don't like eggs anymore. So we've been uh, we've been struggling a little bit with breakfast. I do love to make um, paleo pancakes. Mm-hmm. They all like that. Organic maple syrup, and then they've recently gotten into the organic. Uh, sausage and organic bacon. I try to get some protein in them. I feel like without the eggs, you know, I'm trying to figure out other ways to get protein in them. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, honestly, we'll eat dinner for breakfast. So my son, my oldest son, will eat hamburger for breakfast, just the meat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, you know, stir fry something. So Oh, so that works, just heating yeah, up leftovers? Yeah, it does work. Uh, well, that is great. I will try that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he will eat um, grass-fed beef any time of the day. So if he's not going to eat eggs or if he's not going to have a hearty breakfast, breakfast before I send him off to school, I try to at least get him something healthy that he will eat, even if it's really typically a dinner food. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about after-school snacks? Because I'm sure your schools also, you probably can't bring nuts and I don't know about seeds, but um, I find healthy after-school snacks to be really challenging. They are challenging. And my kids come home so hungry, and then before they race off to their sporting, I try to get you know something in them. So my kids love seaweed. I don't know if you've tried that, but yes, nice and that. salty. I love that. Yeah. Um, some of the organic Lara bars are really good. You know, it's protein, the nuts, the organic nuts. Which flavors um, do your children like? My So my son, my older son, loves the lemon. Okay. And then my youngest son, he loves the hazelnut. Oh, and I haven't tried that one. The that lemon is their, good. That's one of their newest flavors. Okay. And it's really good. Okay. It has hazelnut, hemp, and cacao, I believe. Okay. Um, and then my daughter, well, if it says chocolate, she's pretty much on board. <laughs> so some of those, I try to do sometimes just scoops of almond butter, even though it's not practical to, you know, take that out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Gosh, what else? I do turkey rolls, just slices of turkey rolled up, and sometimes I'll try to stick, you know, something else in there. But usually they just like plain turkey rolls, and sometimes organic popcorn does the trick. Yeah. Um, a lot of fruit. My kids really do enjoy their fruit. Yeah. More one, so than their vegetables. <laughs> one thing that was a great discovery when the weather got really hot in the in New York where I live <laughs> is uh, grabbing a bag of frozen organic strawberries. Oh. Yeah, because that lasts for a while. It, it's, yeah. it, it takes them a while to eat them, and they love it. It's refreshing. And then, uh, yeah, other kids would end up putting their hands in the bag for some <laughs> also. So that's that great. I've done the organic grapes that are frozen. Oh, um, yeah. I haven't tried the strawberries. I'll have to try that. Yeah, like they that. like that in the or, uh, frozen mangoes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another thing my kids do love. Yep, we'll make smoothies all the time. And sometimes they'll just start nibbling the, the frozen fruit before it makes its way into the, the blender. <laughs> well, <I'll see> <laughs> it's been really great getting to know you. And I'm so excited about what you do. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. With Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for tuning in. Join me on my journey for practical non-toxic living by subscribing to this podcast and following me online. Just visit my website, nontoxicliving.tips for more. That's nontoxicliving.tips. Even better, buy your copy of my book, A to Z of Detoxing. It's the only book you'll want to help you reduce your toxic exposures. It's sold worldwide, including on Amazon. Until next time.